Hello everybody, my name is Caleb Ellison and welcome back to once again another episode of Observational Banter. We are in season 3, that's right, season premiere. I know it's been a while, I've been a bit off schedule, sorry about that. But we're going to get the train straightened out right away. The date of this recording is August 24th, 2022 and it's currently 3.09 in the p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, I meant to have this episode be recorded and come out a lot sooner. I've just been busy with a lot of stuff, and you guys are going to hear about that in the next episode. Because this episode will be covering the events of August 15th through August 21st. So I know, a little bit a little bit in the past, but hey, I gotta catch up, I gotta do what I gotta do. But before the 15th, what was I doing during my season break? You know, in between season 2 and 3, when I was back at Maryland, it was nice. It was, you know, I unpacked everything for my old apartment, but then pa- repacked everything new that I wanted for my new apartment. So I got all that done. Um, what During my Maryland break, I hung out with my friends for a bit. We were all having a good time. Great stuff. It was just really nice and laid back in Maryland. And so the day before that, on the 14th, that was my official move-in day to my new apartment. I got all my clothes put away, got everything where I needed it, bought the stuff that I forgot to bring. All good stuff. I'm in my new apartment, new recording studio, no longer in the closet, which probably makes the acoustics of the recording worse. I'm sorry about that. But now we're moving on to Monday officially, and what was nice, well not really nice about Monday, what did happen though, was that I met with the Dean of Students, and I guess that's, you know, kind of regular, you know, if a student gets sent to the hospital, then the Dean wants to meet with them. And so we had our meeting, I pretty much just explained what happened, where I was, blah blah blah, and then the Dean and her assistant, they were giving me tons of instructions. I'm like, oh, hey, go to this physician to get checked up and, you know, get my meds checked in. Go to this service just in case, you know, the psychiatrist changes your meds and puts you on a new prescription. It might mess with your academic performance. So go to this service and then go to this follow-up service. And I was like, bro, all these appointments. And it's just like, I don't want to do any of them. You're overloading me with instructions. If you just gave me one at a time, okay, I can do that, you know, one per week. But you gave me like four things to do and do it all in time for the next meeting. I'm like, yeah, all right, bud. So lots of instructions, just really overwhelming. And so after my meeting with the dean, I went over to the campus gym. That's right, back at Campus Rec. And it was actually, I got great news as soon as I entered the gym. I met with the director of club sports because, as you may or may not know, I am the vice president of gymnastics club. And a, um, what's great to hear is that I got a scholarship opportunity for being involved with club sports, living on campus because of my academics. You know, I still got that 4.0. I'm still riding that high. And so all I have to do is do some community service hours and I'll fulfill the requirement for the scholarship. I'm really looking forward to it. And then that was, you know, right as I walk through the front gym gym doors, I get downstairs to the actual exercise equipment. And it was a really good workout. I was in there for a while. I went on bench press. I did three reps of 85 pounds. I know it's crazy. I'm getting so close to getting back to 100. I'll get there one day. Promise. I promise you. Um, And so at the end of the workout, though, I ended it with the Stairmaster. Oh, my goodness. So I walked on the Stairmaster for about 90 seconds, 
and then I upped up the pace, did a jog for about 90 seconds, and then walked out the final two minutes. I remember I watched this one YouTube video where Sammy Guevara was talking about his training for his WWE tryout and what he would do. And one of the things he's talked about was doing the Stairmaster for 20 minutes and doing like two minute intervals of walking, running, walking, running. And I don't know how he did that. So I'm not there yet. Maybe someday soon, but definitely not yet. And so after my workout, went back to my apartment and it was nice, you know, it was kind of bored, but I would rather be bored than anxious and stressed out in the Scrapper's Clubhouse. So, nice laid back day. I got a call from a random number, which usually I answer them because why not? It's not like people call me ever anyway. So even if it is a telemarketer, it's a little bit of socialization. So I get a call, but this time I decide to decline it because, I don't know, I was just in a feisty mood that day. So I decline it, and then later in the day when I check my voicemail, turns out it was from uh, the Johns Hopkins Hospital, just one of their case managers asking to talk to me. So, whoops, did not realize that. Oh well, I'll get back to them tomorrow. And so that's what I did. Moving on to Tuesday now, I called back the Johns Hopkins doctor number, and I got a voicemail message. All right, sick. I love playing phone tag with medical professionals. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. And so now, Tuesday, do you know what that means? It is, I am counting down the hours and the minutes to my long-awaited return to wrestling school. That's right, I came back, and it was great. Like, everyone was so happy to see me. I got, hey, welcome back, good to have you back. I should go to the psych ward more often and disappear for two weeks. Everyone was just so nice to me when I came back. And then... But even though everyone was nice to me, I was still, I was feeling feisty. I was feeling froggy on Tuesday on practice night, which I don't know if it was because I was so excited to be back. I was just super amped. And so we actually did a pretty fun drill where there was five of us in the ring and there was one person in the middle and the other four in the corners. And the person in the middle, the coach would be like, all right, Alex, clothesline. And then the person in the middle turns around and gives Alex a clothesline. Then the person in the corner goes back. person in the middle stays in the middle. All right, Ethan, body slam. And then you give Ethan a body slam. And you go through the four corners. Last person goes in the middle and repeat the drill. And so it was really nice. Like, I liked doing moves. I liked taking moves. You know, having the coach call him out like that, it kind of just kept us on our feet of what to do next. But then... During our last run-through of the drill, instead of the coach calling out the moves, it was up to whoever was in the middle of the ring doing the moves. They were the ones calling it out and also who they were calling it to. And so, I was the first person to take a move from everybody else. I was like, first person in the corner, alright, Caleb, arm drag, and I'm getting arm dragged. Alright, Caleb, hip tossed, and I'm getting hip tossed. And so eventually... I make my way to the middle of the ring, and I was out for vengeance, so immediately I opened with, alright, jack which I don't know where that came from, but I like jack it's a good insult. And so I did my four moves to everybody, but what I did not do is a body slam, just because I didn't feel like I could body slam anyone who was currently in the ring at that point, but everyone wanted to see it. 
So Hendrix Hawkins dives into the ring, and he's like, give me a body slam right now. So I scoop him up, I slam him down on the mat, everyone's hyping me up, and then I say, that's 25 milligrams of Zoloft kicking your ass. Which was very spur of the moment, very, you know, that came up from within, that, I just let that rip out. And everyone laughed at it, we got a big laugh, a big chuckle out of it, so it was all worth it. So a great first practice back, it feels good to be back. And then Tuesday night was my normal drive home, two bean burritos and a cheese quesadilla from Taco Bell for dinner. Love to see it. So now we're moving on to Wednesday. Wednesday's going to be a pretty short day, a pretty laid back day. I went out to the car wash to start the day because I'm, I was going to have a special passenger. Ooh, more on that later in the episode. But also because during my drive from Maryland to Ohio, I did spill food in my car. So I wanted to clean that out. And so what also pretty big news happening on Wednesday was the official start of the Little League World Series. It's officially going. I think I saw like... The Netherlands versus Panama or something like that. I don't know. Two international teams. And let me tell you, if sports gambling was legal and feasible in Ohio, then I would 100% gamble on 12-year-olds playing baseball. Because here's the thing about it. You know, all these kids these days, they're on social media. They have their, you know, their Twitters and their Instagrams and TikToks. Find one of their social media pages. Send them a DM saying like, hey, if you throw the game tomorrow... I'll give you some V-Bucks for Fortnite. And that's all it takes. That's all you need to do. Place 100 on the over, and then bam, you've got profit. And so besides that intrusive thought, the rest of the day was pretty laid back. I finally got my PS4 fixed. So what happened there was during the move-in is that I brought the console, I brought the HDMI, I brought the controllers, but I forgot to bring the actual power cord that connects from the outlet to the PlayStation. So I had to buy a replacement on Amazon. It came in, I got everything plugged up, feeling good. And now we're moving on to Thursday. And Thursday was a huge day for me because I was picking up Jack Evans, not from the heavens, from Hopkins International Airport, but I was picking him up because he was a participant in the JT Lightning tournament coming up on the weekend. And so day of, I messaged not only one half of the AIW Tag Team Champions, but also, he's pretty important to AIW Logistics when it comes to shows, Arthur MacArthur. So I messaged him, and I'm like, hey, can I have Jack Evans' contact info just so he knows who's picking him up tonight and all that? And so Arthur messages my info to AIW promoter John Thorne. Thorne gets back to MacArthur. MacArthur gets back to me. And he's like, I'm going to forward your info to Evans's agent, advisor, you know, whoever's taking care of him. So he has your number. I'm like, all right, cool. I send my phone number over. All right. All feeling good. And so Thursday night was happening, and so I mentioned the JT Memorial, JT Lightning, excuse me, Memorial Tournament that was coming up for the weekend, but also Fresh Meat too. I'll talk about that later in the episode. And so Thursday night was moving the ring from the school to the venue, and it was a good turnout. You know, the crew worked efficiently; it got done quick. However, except for after we packed everything into the truck and headed to the venue, I got stuck behind a drawbridge and like four boats went through it. And it was slow, it was awful, it was just, and there was nothing I could do. The, I mean, the one benefit was I was the first one in line at the drawbridge, so I got to see everything up close and personal. That was cool. 
And so once the ring and the stage got set up, um, I stayed back pretty late just to, you know, hang out with the fellas because they're going over their matches. So I was learning from them. It's so like, all right, how do they call a match, you know, before a show? So that was pretty cool. And so the reason I did have time to stay back and all that was because uh, because I was picking up Jack Evans. His flight wasn't coming in until like 1130 midnight Thursday night. So it's like, oh, if I'm in the area, I, I want to stay around, you know? And so around 9.45 at night, that's when things started to wind down at the venue. A lot of the talent was going home. People, you know, it was getting late. And so I was like, well, it's 9.45. I have about, you know, a little over an hour before I have to make my way to the airport. What am I going to do? And so I looked up what restaurants were open nearby that I can do go to. Because, you know, I can't do bars and pubs. I'm only 20. I don't know if they'll let me in. Um, if I want, if I was old enough, I would totally go in the casinos and kill time t there, but I couldn't. I'm not old enough. So I'm looking, and I find a place, the Harry Buffalo. It's right by the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. I'm looking online. They've got a decent menu. I'm like, all right, that's where I'm heading to. And so I get there, and the sign at the door says, seat yourself. So that's what I do. I grab a table that's over by the window. I sit down. I'm on my phone. And I don't get served the entire time. No one talks to me while I'm, you know, sitting at the table. And I think what it was is that, like, the bar was open that late, but not the kitchen and the rest of the restaurant. And so, whatever. I'm glad I had somewhere to sit down for a while, but it would have been nice to eat. And so, I didn't want to walk down, like, I didn't want to walk around downtown Cleveland, not really for safety reasons, I just don't know the area that well, I didn't want to get lost. So, after about 35 minutes of just sitting at a restaurant by myself, killing time, I decided to make my way to the airport, and so I pull into the arrival gates, I park at the curb, turn on my hazard lights, and I sit there, and I'm waiting, I'm waiting for something, because at this point... I don't know any of Jack Evans's flight info. I don't know what airline he was on. I don't know what city he's coming from. I don't know anything like that. And so eventually, though, after a while, I get a phone call from Jack Evans's agent because the whole story was that Jack Evans's phone is registered in Mexico. And because it's a Mexican number, I don't know if I don't have an international plan or if it's him, but it wouldn't, nothing would come through to my phone it would always just be like a dropped call or an error text message you know message unable to send and so I get a call from Jack Evans's agent he's like hey Jack Evans is at this baggage claim I'm like all right cool I'm pulling up to him so around 12:15 a.m is when he gets into my car I take him to a gas station he offers to get me a bottle of water I say thank you very much drop him off at the hotel, no problems, he was a really cool guy, you know, I was talking to him for a little bit, just making small talk, um, when I was driving on the freeway, he was like sticking his head out the window, which was pretty funny, you know, I guess he just liked the air, and so drop him off at the hotel, drive myself home, get home around 2.15am, uh, and immediately go to sleep, and so coming up, I have a pretty big weekend, a lot happened, a lot, and you guys are going to want to listen to it, but before you get to listen to it, we're going to get a quick word from our sponsor before this big weekend, and then 
the festivities of the JT Lightning Memorial Tournament will commence. Alright, advertisement break over, time to go into the weekend. So my weekend got started with some boring personal crap. Because for the first time in a while, I actually woke up to an alarm because I had to go to Jambar Employee Orientation. Which, if you don't know, the Jambar is the official student newspaper of Youngstown State University. And so I was getting ready for that, and within the first few minutes of me being awake, I get a phone call from the Johns Hopkins person I've been playing phone tag with. So I get a call, and they're, they're, it was just bullcrap. It was nothing really important. I thought since I've been in the hospital for so long, and you know, going back and forth through wards, I thought it would be something good and like something to look forward to. It was not. They were just trying to sell me stuff, which I was not interested in. And so I get to orientation, I get my job title, I get my first assignment of what to report on, and I'm feeling good. I'm looking forward to it. And so, you know, with orientation, I met everyone else who worked there, and shout out to one of the people I met there. It was, we knew each other, but we never really talked, and, but like, now that we're, we're, we're co-workers, we did talk for a bit, and, you know, she said my TikToks were funny, so it's, oh, she's the one I'm telling you and so after orientation I drive on over to the Odeon in downtown Cleveland and get ready for night one of the JT Lightning Memorial Tournament and so I set up the stage for a bit I'm just shooting the crap and then around and you know around three o'clock that's when I go to pick up Jack Evans from the hotel I text his agent so he could relay to Jack Evans I'm like hey I'm about 25 minutes out Alright, sounds good. So I make my way over and I'm sitting on the curb. Jack Evans comes out and he has a cigarette in his mouth and he looks really surprised to see me. And he's like, oh, I had no idea you were coming. Let me finish this smoke and I'll go get packed and changed. And I'm like, alright, you know, it's all good. Think about it. The more time I'm there waiting at the hotel, that's the less time I have to do stuff at the venue. So it works out for me. So he gets all dressed up, he's super spiffy in his vest and dress shirt, we get in the car, he takes control of the Spotify, we talk for a few minutes, and then as I'm going on the freeway, he falls asleep. Great stuff. And so I drop him off at the venue, I turn around and park, then I'm just chilling for a while, just waiting for stuff to do, and I get assigned that day to help out with a meet and greet. I get Drago. Uh, Drago, he was in Lucha Underground for a while, pretty good guy, uh, yeah, he was cool, and so, while we're setting stuff up, though, I got my assignment for the night, and I'm just setting up, you know, chairs, getting final things put away, I get pulled over and asked, hey, do you want to help out with Dalton Castle's entrance tonight? Heck yeah, I do, let's do it, so Dalton Castle pulls me over, I also, I'm helping out uh, with the entrance along with AIW student Nick, he's the other part of the entrance, and so he was telling us, like, hey, it's a real production, you know, we're really extravagant, and I was looking forward to it, I was like, hey, I'm gonna be one of the Peacock Boys, that's cool, so we do the walkthrough, the show is going as scheduled, and so I didn't realize though, like he told me it was extravagant, he told me it was production, I'm like, alright, cool. But then I actually go on YouTube and look up exactly what to expect from Dalton Castle's entrance, and I was not expecting that. And so by around like the fourth match of the card, that's when Nick and I go backstage, 
And that's when we get our costumes for tonight. We get glistening, shiny, baby blue shorts that are like about the length of typical boxers. We get Mardi Gras masks that cover the top half of our face. And so we're getting dressed. We got our shorts on. We got our mask on. No shirts, no shoes, no socks. We are going out raw dogging it. We're letting the dogs out. And so I get dressed and I just look, I mean, I look in the mirror. I'm like, wow, this is my life right now. This is not what I expected to be doing today. And so, but shout out to referee Jake Clements, though. He was the number one hype man behind all of this. He was super supportive of it. And so the match itself, it was Dalton Castle versus Colin Delaney. And so Colin Delaney makes his entrance first. And I'm waiting behind the curtain, waiting to go. And Dalton Castle is still upstairs getting his gear on. And so me and Nick, we're standing at the curtain. We're waiting to go. Dalton's music hits. He's not there. But the guy behind the desk is like, all right, go. And so we do what we did during rehearsal. We stood on stage. And then once Dalton you know, comes between us, he puts his arms out. And we start clapping along to the beat of the music. So music hits. Nick and I come out. And we're standing and waiting. And so the audience starts clapping along, but you know, we're sticking to the script. We're not we're not clapping until we see Dawn Castle clap. And so eventually, boom, Dawn Castle comes out, the entrance happens, goes off without a hitch. If you would like to see all the ridiculousness of what happened, I retweeted it. You can go to Twitter at not Caleb Ellison. It was actually a lot of fun. And so we do the entrance, we go backstage. I'm changing back into my staff clothes, and former WCW wrestler Ernest the Cat Miller, while Nick and I are getting changed, he was like, hey man, good match out there, you know, that was good work, and I mean, I didn't want to like, you know, I didn't want to bring his hopes down, so I just went with it, and I was like, yeah, thank you, I appreciate it, and so that was a lot of fun. And so once Nick and I get back and get dressed, we're getting props from the rest of my buddies. It's like, hey, good job out there. You were great. And so I enjoyed the rest of the show. It was good matches from all the part, uh, all the talent on the show. Just congrats to everyone who is a part of the show. It was really good. So, you know, congrats to everybody involved. All right. So I'm recording this on a different day now. I'm recording this on the 25th at night. So I'm sorry if I or things sound different, my apologies. But so everyone has their matches, good show from everyone. And now we're coming up on the post show, which was a doozy. So the one benefit uh, from the tournament is that because we would be having a show the next day, we didn't have to take down the ring or the stage or merchandise. We just, we left everything up. So that was all good, but I was responsible for taking Jack Evans back to the hotel after the show. And so what happened was that Jack Evans wanted to go to the after party. However, Drago was ready to go straight to the hotel. The guy I took care of for the meet and greet, him. So he wanted to go straight back to the hotel after the show. Jack Evans wants to party. I'm like, okay, I can take Drago back. No problem. I'll come back downtown after I drop Drago off, pick up Jack Evans, then we're good to go. So I'm leaving the venue. Drago asks if he wants to, uh, if he can get, you know, to drop off at a gas station. I let him do his thing. He buys what he needs. Take him to the hotel, drop him off there. I'm getting low on gas, so I go over to a gas station myself, fill up to about half a tank. 
and then drive back to Cleveland takes about 25 minutes from the hotel to get back to the venue. And so there's a decent amount of traffic Friday night. Uh, there was a Guardians game with post-game fireworks, so that added to the traffic. There was an Alicia Keys concert not too far away, so just lots of people coming into Cleveland that night. And so, in my opinion, for the whole situation, if I'm taking Drago, just have a passenger swap, someone else can take care of Jack Evans and take him to the hotel whenever he wants. But apparently, allegedly, evidently, from what I heard, Jack Evans was pretty adamant that I was the one that would be driving him back to the hotel. And so, I get back to the venue... And I think he was saying it half sarcastically, but I honestly couldn't tell. He was like, he, you know, he said, where the hell have you been, young man? So I was like, I'm sorry, you know, there's traffic, driving through the city, it was stressful, the road was closed, people are towing their cars, you know, it's a bit really big deal. I didn't say all those excuses, but like, that's really what happened. And so I could tell he was, you know, kind of mad at me because he has to go to a convenience store too. And when I dropped him off, he didn't offer to get me anything. So I was like, yeah, he's not a fan of me right now. So I take him to his hotel. I get home a little around 2.30. And as I pull into park at my apartment parking lot, I get a nice message from Joshua Bishop. He sends me a message saying, hey, how far away are you from the flats? And I was like, uh, you know, a little over an hour. And he's like, all right, never mind. Have a good night. And so, yeah, I ended up seeing him Saturday, so I know he did get home safely, but sucks I couldn't be there for him, honestly. You know, felt bad. But speaking of Saturday, that is where we are at now. So I wake up, hit the road. It's pretty much all that happened in the morning. And so I make it to the venue around noon to get ready for Fresh Meat 2, the most recent class of AIW Academy graduates. Get to have their shine and their moment in the spotlight to just show off everything they've learned. So the entire list of graduates, we have Hendrix Hawkins, Vic Vice, Tyson Riggs, Austin James, Sam Hardway Holloway, Shaw Mason, and Referee Charles all making their debut just great stuff from all of them i'm really just proud of them they were the class that you know they were beginning their graduation process as i got into the academy so i've really seen them grow a lot i'm super proud of them super supportive i hope they have just the greatest careers that they can possibly have and so right fresh meat started right at three o'clock and right when it started i headed out to go pick up jack evans from the hotel and Drago was there willing to carpool with him, so I picked up the both of them from the hotel. I pick him up, and Jack Evans once again uses my phone for Spotify to pick out music, but he's queuing up song after song, and so he has my phone the entire time. I'm not, I don't have my phone, I don't have my GPS, but considering I've taken the route from hotel to Odeon like four times in the past two days, I think I got this. So, I drive from the hotel to the Odeon with no GPS, no voice in my ear, no looking at a screen. I did it completely by myself. I was just looking at the road signs following downtown. And then once I got onto Carnegie Avenue, I pretty much knew where I was going from there. Um, but yeah, it felt really nice to just like do it by myself. It was cool. And so I dropped them off at the venue, go and park, and enjoy the rest of Fresh Meat too. I missed like the first three matches because I was out picking people up, 
but I caught the second half of the show, and everything I saw, it was great. It was really entertaining. The crowd was super invested, which they usually are for Fresh Meat, because it's like, it's their friend, it's their relative in the ring wrestling. So crowd was super hot for it. Um, and then once the show ended, we didn't really have much to do, because once again, stage ring, everything was still set up. So we all went up to get lunch at the street that was around the block. I got some California rolls, a Monster Energy drink, and Cool Ranch Doritos. So I was having a very, very nutritious dinner that night. So then I eat, I go back inside the venue, and when I get in, I see my guy, Dalton Castle, sitting ringside. So I walk up to him, shake his hand. I'm like, hey, if you need another peacock boy tonight, I'm willing, I'm able. And so... But since it was night two of the tournament, you know, he was in the semifinals, he wanted to go out with style. And so we're getting a total of four Peacock Boys for Dawn Castle's entrance. And so me and Nick were coming back, and AIW Tag Team members only get added as the third and fourth boys. And so Dawn's match was the second match of the night. And so I'm getting backstage, like, before the show even starts. Show starts at 7.30. I'm back there by 7, getting changed, getting ready. And so, first match goes off without a hitch. Here comes the second match. Music hits. Nick and I are the first ones that go out on stage. And so we're, like, front and center. And then behind us, members only comes out to our sides. And so Nick and I come out first. We're posing. Then, like, three seconds later, members only comes out. And members only gets a really big pop. And once, like, the applause happens, Calvin G. Lewis is like, yeah, that's for us. And so it was pretty funny. It was like, oh, well, yeah, the crowd knows who these guys are. It was it was a good time. It was honestly it made, a re- made for a really good moment. And so the entrance this time was pretty extravagant. We, like, did a whole thing where Castle hit the ring. And because we're peacocks, he had the bird seed in his hand. And so we all pecked at the bird seed. And then, you know, he does his big robe thing. We take off his robe. And then once he's all, you know, undressed, I guess, and ready to wrestle, we're all like, we're clapping our hands. We're so excited for him. And then he strikes this dramatic pose and we all fall down. And so, yeah, that's what happened there. Uh, So, yeah, that was pretty funny. And so, you know, after the entrance, I go back to backstage Ernest Miller did not say good match this time because he was wrestling in the match that Dalton Castle was in. So, get changed, go back into my staff stuff. Um, I do crowd control for a bit during the match, which was nice. Uh, there's this one moment in the match. It was Josh Bishop versus Alec Price. I think it was the semi-main event for the absolute title. And so Bishop and Price are fighting outside the ring. Bishop does his finisher, like the powerbomb, throws Price into the crowd, but it wasn't like the fans, it was a bunch of, you know, staff guys, and so I get in that mix, Price lands on me, I don't get, like, most of him, I get, like, his left leg, and I just fall down, you know, I take, I don't take a bump, like, I just, you know, gracefully fall down on my back, I'm holding his leg, everyone was all safe, we were all right, and yeah, fun spot, I always like to get involved during the show, and so... That match ended, Josh Bishop won, and then right when the main event, you know, the tournament finals, right when that started, Jack Evans came up to me and was like, hey, can you take me to the hotel? And I was like, I mean, I can't say no. So I took him, also took Drago to the hotel. They wished me the best in my career when I dropped them off. I tell them, get home safely. And so I'm driving back to the venue. I'm kind of annoyed I'm not watching the main event. 
but I was following along on Twitter. I was seeing the main event, uh, you know, seeing the notifications. And so the main, the main event, not only is it for, you know, the winner of the tournament, the winner also gets the AIW Intense Championships. The belts are officially split, so the winner of the tournament becomes the champion of the Intense Division. And so it was a three-way match. It was the Bracket Buster, Eric Taylor, the Italian-American Dragon, Dominic Garini, and the director, Derek Dillinger, in an elimination three-way. So it's not like the first fall wins. You got to get all of them out until you're the last person in the ring. So Eric Taylor did get eliminated pretty early on in the match, but he still had a great run in the whole tournament, making it all the way to the finals. So congrats to him. And it was down to the final two, Dominic Garini and Derek Dillinger. These were the same final two in the Cybernetico match back in May, where Dillinger fell just short. If we go back to Gauntlet for the Gold, where the final two was Derek Dillinger and Josh Bishop, Dillinger fell just short. But that night, third time was the charm. That night was Derek Dillinger's night, and the winner of the 2022 JT Lightning Invitational Tournament and new AIW Intense Champion Derek Dillinger and it was great to see even though he's like he's the heel he's the bad guy and most of his storylines he's worked so hard to get where he's at right now and he deserves it 100% I know the crowd was giving him his just due uh, applause for it all and I mean I know. All right, I'm going to shoot real quick. You know, there's a shoot what's about to come out of my mouth. Derek was been he's been one of the guys that has been really pushing me to kind of get out of my social awkwardness, my social anxiety and embrace being in wrestling and embrace just everyone around me and all my opportunities. He's really trying to push me to get a bigger ring presence and just to be more confident. And so it this just is this is really great, you know, from student to coach and just from a friend to friend perspective. Congrats to Derek. I'm super stoked. I know he's gonna have a great championship reign. Really excited for what's gonna happen with that. And so while the main event match happened, the celebrations happening, I'm still driving back from the hotel. And so by the time I get back, the parking spot I had for the whole day was taken, so that's pretty cool. And by the time I do find a new parking spot and get situated, everything was already cleaned up. The stage was put away, the ring was put away, I had to do pretty minimal work. So good job to all the other crew that did the work though. I'm sorry I couldn't be there, I was, I was doing work stuff, you know, I was doing other stuff. And so everything was put away, you know, U-Hauls packed up, ready to go, and I could have gone home, but then I would have realized, well, if I drive home, I'll have to get up early tomorrow to drive back here to put the ring away, and so you know what? I'm going to go to the after party. Already, I, you know, made plans. I was going to have a place to stay that night in Cleveland. And so, you know what, let's go to the after party. And so after the show, me, a few of the other AIW students, Dustin Alberti, and the Pod Van Dam crew, we all make our way up to the dive bar in downtown Cleveland. It's not just a dive bar, it was called the dive bar. And so it was actually pretty fun. I'm not really like a club or a pub bar guy, but I mean, the wrestlers I knew were there, the music, it wasn't the worst, you know, it wasn't a bad mix. They had TVs there that had a White Sox versus Guardians game on it, so I was watching that for a bit. 
um, I, got, I got pretty wild with my tab. You know, I got a cup of ice water, and that was free. And so that was pretty nice. And so the best part about, you know, the whole dive bar experience is when I got there, I didn't even get carded because I was just, I was with AIW, you know, I was with my, I was with the guys, I was with the boys. So I just got in no problem. And so while we were there at the after party, you know, hanging out, having a good time, I met a listener to the show. So shout out to JB. They, you know, they introduced themselves to me and was like, Hey, how's it going? I like the show. And I was like, thanks. I really appreciate the, you know, good to meet a listener. So shout out to JB. I'm pretty sure we follow each other on Twitter. So if you're listening to this, uh, thanks for the support. I really appreciate it. And so after a bit more clubbing, you know, shoulder shuffles, dancing, seeing women that I wanted to introduce myself to, but ended up not talking to, super great night. I'm really glad I decided to go out. And so, yeah, the place I stayed at Saturday night, shout out to Shaw Mason for letting me crash at his place. Very much appreciated. And so we're moving on to Sunday, wrapping up this wild weekend. I wake up. Sunday morning, it is time to unload the U-Haul, move the stage stuff back into the storage unit, and move the ring back into the gym. And so it actually went pretty smoothly. It did rain like right when we started to move stuff, but it didn't last for that long. We were all perseverant. We pushed through it. So shout out to everyone involved, everyone that helped out. You know, it was really appreciated. And then after we put everything away, I drove home and slept for what felt like forever. It was a really exhausting, really long weekend, but we got through it, and we got through this episode, and we're not gonna, you know, we gotta start season three off on the right foot. So, we're gonna get a quick question of the week, no advertisements needed, and then yeah, regular outro. I'm sorry that the episode is getting released on a really late date, but... I'm pretty sure the next episode will come out at a good time. I'll get more into that later. Let's get the question of the week. If you would like to submit your questions for question of the week, you could do so by messaging me on Instagram or Twitter at NotCalebEllison. Please hit the gong. Yeah, how you like that? Not getting an advertisement before the question because I already used my ad when I, you know, before I talked about the JT Lightning Memorial Tournament. So pretty crazy stuff happening there. So the question of this week this week comes from Mac from Bridgeport, Connecticut. And Mac asked us, how do you stay awake during long late night drives? Mac, thank you for your question. I appreciate it very much. And I know I had to do that a lot. You know, all my late night hotel runs, driving home after wrestling shows. What do I do to stay awake and stay focused on the road? Um, There's a couple of things. I like podcasts. Podcasts are usually the my go-to thing to listen to while I'm driving. But I know how dangerous of a game that can be late at night because it's just people talking and you, the words kind of start to blend together and it just goes on and on. And before you know it, you're back in high school listening to your social studies teacher lecture and you're putting your head down on the desk and you're falling asleep. So I don't recommend it for late night drives if you're feeling kind of groggy, but podcasts are a great way to pass the time for me, in my opinion. Um, but when it comes to other stuff, a great, like something I like to do, at least something that I did that's worked for me at least, was to like turn up the AC and make it really, really cold in your car. 
because I mean it's not comfy to fall asleep when you're freezing so if there's a way to just make you like unbearingly cold do that that'll keep you awake for sure um another thing is music like play some songs you like and sing along to it because you'll be thinking about the lyrics that are coming up next you'll be thinking about the music your mind is staying engaged it's staying awake and so that's a way for you to get on that and so yeah that's really my big three things if you want to pass the time get some podcasts maybe even audiobooks if you know you're trying to get more storytelling in there uh, make the environment uncomfortable so your you know your body isn't relaxed and have a chance to fall asleep and also try and find a way to keep your mind awake by singing along doing some poetry do whatever you got to do um, oh yeah, I'll add an honorable mention. Eating is a great way to stay awake. Get some sunflower seeds, get some chew on, keep your mouth, keep your muscles going. That's pretty important too. So Mac, once again, thank you very much for your question. If you'd like to submit your questions, you could do so Instagram and or Twitter at NotGaleBells. And I'd like to thank BenSound.com for letting me use their music in this product. So, by the time this episode comes out, which is most likely Friday the 26th, the day after that is WrestleRager AIW. It's a hardcore show. It's going to be crazy. We have title matches. We have Little Guido. We have Tom Filthy Tom Lawler versus Brian Shaw. We have all types of stuff happening at WrestleRager. Get your tickets, AIWrestling.com for more info. And so I know this is a pretty long episode to, you know, get the season started. Big, you know, the JT Lightning Memorial Tournament was the big highlight of it. But I think episode two, considering I'm recording this after most of episode, the events of episode two have already happened, it's going to be another good episode. So season three is getting off on a hot start. I hope you guys are ready for it. Thank you for listening this long. And until next time, I'll see you later on Observational Banter.